attention, please. You got the touch. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. Greetings, hello everyone and welcome to episode uh, Down for the Count, part 2, 135 We're back We are, I was getting ready to type something and I've like, you know, the old but you better be joking I swear I get distracted by that music because I like it and in the, in the, all the quotes and stuff And uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago we were sitting here and I'm like, oh man, we've You know, there's about two minutes of intro we played before I started just because, you know, I'm like, wow, that's, you know, pretty cool. Called up in a moment. It's a good intro. And and if if you're if you're listening to this and can't figure out why you couldn't find it live or anything and you missed us pointing it out last week, this will be this was pre-recorded. Yes, this is pre-recorded. There is a uh, pre-recorded audio or uh, yes, audio version that you're listening to right now on uh, the uh, iTunes, iHeart, iHeartRadio uh, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you find top quality podcast, or you're watching this and listening on YouTube, um, but not live. No, but you can still comment. Please feel free to comment. Now, I don't have any listener email. We don't have anything like that because I'm so excited to get back into this. Because I mean, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, I really once I started researching and. Um, if you didn't listen last week, go back and listen. We'll do a quick recap here in just a moment. But we're, um, the episode down for the count, we're taking a deep look into the Chris Benoit murders that happened on uh, June 22nd, 2007. And if you want more information on this, uh, be sure to check out Purple Sky 11, all one word, at uh, YouTube. Uh, Purple Sky 11, all one word, at YouTube. Uh, but just you want to bring everybody up to speed as to what we talked about last time, Justin, before we get started. Well, we were we dipped our toe a little bit into kind of the circumstances around the murders and and what we had heard leading mm-hmm. up to them. You know what media coverage was, and and you know at that time I wasn't as immersed in in wrestling as I had been, so I wasn't on the old. Uh, old school uh, chat rooms and stuff like I used to be back in the day, but still that was making its rounds uh, on, on the chat rooms and in the various different locations. And uh, we kind of touched on what we'd heard about, uh, you know, who was there, what was found, right. who found it. And, and you got a little bit into the police files that, mm-hmm. that you had looked at. And then I got into a little bit of the stuff that I'd kind of checked up and, and looked into. So, uh you know, and without saying really where we fell now or, or everything that we had found, we, we, I think we laid a pretty good foundation. Yes, yes, uh, we did. For, for the story. And, you know, you and I had talked, I think, maybe in the very first or second episode together. Um, and we talk about this a lot of times after sex in bed, you and I. 
um, about joining up and, and bringing um, kind of that static and noise stuff over. Yes. You know, and I had mentioned, and you had mentioned it. Yeah, well, and, and we're definitely going to do that. Uh, I started yeah. to do that with this episode, and I thought, well, if I do that, and then we come back with a pre-record that might, you know, bite us in the ass. Um, I'm just going to go this ahead. this is a good lead into it because what? this is going from that, that uh, poor, something that may or may not have been poorly handled by investigators, but also, mm-hmm. you know, I've been really interested in where you're more interested on that side of right. where police would fail. And right. for me, it's where the justice well, system may fail. And this may not hit that category, but it definitely hits the first. There is a guy, let me look him up really quick because I will, t- and I've not told you about this, so I'm dropping a bomb on you. This will surprise you. Uh, give me one second. Let me look just to make sure what the Facebook group is. Uh, there's a guy that has became uh, internet famous. Uh, give me one second. Man, I don't. I, how do you. Sometimes I hate it when Facebook messes with the stuff because I can find stuff. And then there's other times that, you know, they move it around and it's not there anymore and you can't find it. And it just aggravates the hell out of me. Uh, the algorithm messes up. It's uh, uh, there's a guy in Mississippi uh, whose name is Jimbo that was has been harassed by a Mississippi State Trooper for the last few years. He started a Facebook group uh, against this officer, and the some of the stuff that has been recorded that uh, he's got from the officer's body cam. I mean, it's blatant, blatant uh, harassment. And he is really big on uh, Facebook, and uh, his story's been reported on several, like lackluster.com, some of the other bigger ones. And they have reported on what has happened to him. Well, um, I'm going to have an interview with him coming up, but... Uh, I am going to reach out to him, and I I'm so, I apologize. I can't think I've of it. I've got a question so, for him. Okay, what's that? Is it a chance of mistaken identity with him? Because I would imagine no. there's a lot of damn Jimbo's in that area. No, it is not a chance. So okay. well, that is that is a very good question. That's probably, the, that's probably the country's highest population of Jimbo's and Jimmy Darrells. See, I'm in my, like my groups on Facebook, and I can't find it. So it's it's like unit something unit. Something I I don't even know. I've go back and look for it, but you know I, I figured that would be a good episode to have him on. Um, yeah. I also, you know, I don't know if I can get her back on, but uh, what I've got in mind, and there was I didn't look. There was a I put a poll up yesterday on a Static and Noise YouTube page, um, and you know I may be doing a weekly show, but I recorded an interview back in January with a lady, and I know I've told you about this. Uh, she, her video came out last year where she ran from the police over a ticket. He tased her, uh, kind of roughed her up and so forth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I have an interview with her that I recorded in January. I've sat on that because she gets off probation at the end of this month. So I'll be dropping that. That may be something else that we review, that we actually review on the show on both, you know, here at you bubblegum and static and noise and, you know, comment and stuff on it, but uh, we're we're definitely going to do that. But I'm I got really hooked on this case, and to you know just to go along with what Justin said to quickly recap, ninety percent of what I'm going to be talking about are from the 
Fayetteville, Georgia Sheriff's Department case file. Now, they do have, they should have facts in this. So, a police report should be your most credible source of information. Um, this police report is one of the most uh, shoddiest, shittiest, whatever the word is. It is awful. Um, you have the next door's neighbor's name, whose name, her first name was Holly, and her last name uh, is... Uh, Sheffer, S C H R E P F E R. I don't know if that's not how you pronounce it, I apologize. But that's they've got it spelled two different ways. They got it misspelled in the police report. Uh, there's things that's not signed or dated. You have witness statements that are not signed or dated. You have, uh, you know, just. If this was reviewed by a supervisor, this supervisor is an idiot. I mean, he really is because you don't sign off on stuff like this because it's, there's so many misconceptions in this. And I'll give you one really quick, and then we'll talk about it. One officer stated that Chris Benoit was hanging from the gym equipment. Another officer says he was kind of sitting in front of the gym equipment. Another officer says he is slumped over the gym equipment. That's all in the report, and they're ruling it a murder-suicide. That's well, just I, those are huge you know, red flags, you know. I think that that's indicative of of, of not really good police work. Yes, and, and you know that much better than I do. But I think maybe part of the situation might be okay. Maybe this felt like an open and shut case to them, which is not an excuse, but it is far that, beyond an open and shut case. Oh yes, but maybe in there because you know. I've heard other cops say it. You know, I've got a lot of family that's in law enforcement, and you've been, you know, you've been in, you know, but I've heard cops say it. Sometimes you get tunnel vision and you don't want to and you don't expect, but maybe they got this tunnel vision of this is clearly what happened, and that led to shoddy police work, which in the end, regardless, say they are right and say it is that clear cut and they're exactly <laughs> right. Their shoddy police work led to this internet uproar of, you know, conspiracy and stuff. If, you know, if nothing else, it contributed to that because it wasn't documented well and they didn't do a good job. No, they did not. And based on this case report, okay, if you're a police officer, you're supposed to go by the facts at the scene. If I was on this scene helping search this almost 6,000 square foot house, my vote would be there's more to this. This is not a murder-suicide now, I will explain why at the end that I say that. I will explain why the report is uh, terrible, um, and we'll fill in those gaps. Now, I, you, you mentioned that about finding the body. I will say this. Mm -hmm. I know for sure on um, the Dark Side of the Ring episode, they interview, uh, I think, both deputies, male mm -hmm. and female, that found yeah. the body, and... I remember them saying that it, it looked almost as though he was hanging there, like standing there, by the way it looked, because of the mirror. They saw right. the reflection in the mirror and stuff. But I want to say it was on that episode that maybe the lady said when she opened the door, she saw him sitting there, mm -hmm. sitting, as in, in a, a, you know, sitting. 
but that may not have been. I did hear that. I did okay. hear someone say that he was either in a sitting or prone position, and I did hear one of them say, and these are actual live interviews. Mm, right. I did hear one of them say that he was hanging, and I know for sure that that was the man, the gentleman that found him, you know, the, and that was on the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. I right. know that I heard him say there they found him, but I did hear that discrepancy, and really, for whatever reason, that kind of just blew by because I'm thinking <clears> of it in interview form because you'll get that in interview form. You know, sometimes people just forget. You know, as well as I do, eyewitness testimony is the worst testimony in the world. However, in a crime scene investigation where there's pictures and documentation and these things, and, and like you had touched on in that first one, there, we've not seen, you know, crime scene pictures that show the bodies in their final positions. But in that instance, you would expect a, a, a level of consistency through the report that you may not get in live interviews. I don't expect consistency in live interviews. I just don't. I don't right. put a lot of stock in uh, eyewitness testimony. However, uh, I do expect that in the reporting process because, like you said, there's here's these photos. Here's multiple people here. There should be a way to verify something as simple because that is simple to verify the position that the body was found in. Right. Um very good, you know, but we'll come back at the end. I will give my opinion, Justin. Your opinion thinks, as of now, that he done this, right? Yes. Okay, all right. And I did not come in thinking that that, that was 100%. I was a little okay. split on it coming in. Do you think it's 100% him? Yes. Well, I think... But I that, do know you've got some information I don't have. Oh, I have some very good information. Uh, just yesterday by itself, I spent three hours just searching two things, and I did find them. Um, very deep, deep, deep online. But uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, again, on June 27, 2007, an official from the WWE called the Fayetteville, Georgia Sheriff's Department and requested a welfare check at the home of Chris Benoit, one of their performers, who missed an event, actually missed several events. So the sheriff's department goes there, as Justin said, a male and female. And when they arrive, they find the gate, uh, the entry gate locked. They can't drive up the driveway, long driveway. It's locked. They can't get in. So they, um, I guess, cross the fence or so forth. They find their way up to the house. But there's two large German shepherds that are like in a pen, and inside the pen is a side door entrance. Uh, you know, after they search all around and, and can't make entry, they don't want to damage the house uh, because at this point in time, it's just a welfare check. Just see if he makes home, if everyone's okay. Now, Chris Benoit had told people at the WWE the reason that he had missed shows prior to the live event is because his wife, Nancy, and son, Daniel, had food poisoning, and they were very sick, and they were throwing up. Yeah, but he had not contacted the company. He had contacted Chavo, right, right. and Scott Armstrong. Right. Okay. You are exactly right. So the officers radio back to dispatch and tell them about the dogs. They call the official back at the WWE that called them. Uh, they tell... Uh, dispatch tell the officers to go to the house to the left of the residence and ask for Holly, you know, uh, Schieffer. And she knew the Benoit. She might have a gate code. She may be able, she may have a spare key. Uh, she may be able to do something with the dogs. So she goes next door. She meets the deputies and they explain to her why they're there. The deputies tell her to put the dogs away 
and see if the Benoits are home. So this next-door neighbor takes control of these dogs. Animal control is not called. And they let her walk into this house not knowing exactly what is going on. When she goes into the house, she yells for Nancy. She yells for Daniel. She yells for Chris. She goes upstairs to the second floor. She finds Daniel's body in his bed. She screams and rushes out of the residence and tells them, uh, quote, someone, <clears throat> someone murdered Daniel. So at that point, <clears throat> these two deputies radio that in. They make entry. Now, I, don't, I, I was not able to find if they stayed together and, you know, did uh, required search patterns. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if one took one floor and one took the next. Uh, at that point, they knew how to get to Daniel's bedroom because Holly told them how to get there. They go and find Daniel's body. They confirm that he is, in fact, deceased. Um, then they search the rest of the house. They find Nancy, and then they find Chris last. So, you know, they've already called other people in at this point. Now, sending a neighbor into an unknown situation is not police procedure. That is a huge red flag. You do not know what's in there. Uh, her safety is in danger. Imagine if somebody jumped out and shot her. She'd be dead. It's the officer's fault for coming back and asking her to do that. Um, according to the uh, police report, okay, now, like I said a little bit earlier, this is a 6,000-square-foot house. Uh, in my opinion, and it's fact because you can look at it, the police report, if it was reviewed and approved at all, it was hastily because there's uh, grammatical errors, there's spelling errors in regards to witnesses. Uh, pages contradicts themselves. You'll have it say something on one page, you turn to the next page, or a few pages after, and it says the total opposite of what you just read. Signed statements, um, or their statements, witness statements, they're not signed and dated. Huge red flag. As Justin said, the crime scene photos of the bodies have never been released 16 years later. Autopsy photos of the bodies have never been released 16 years later. Keep that in mind. It's been 16 years. Why would you not put those pictures out? Why? Well, I wonder if, like, because in general they wouldn't be released, though, would they? I mean, just with any other case, they wouldn't publicly be released unless somebody requested You that. could request them, and... But I don't think the parents of Chris Benoit have, they have no doubts. His son doesn't have any doubts. And then the sister, so I'm assuming the family of Nancy, because the sister, uh -huh. they don't have any doubts as to what happened. Like they okay. feel like the narrative they've been given is pretty accurate. So if they're not asking, is that public information? And could you file a Freedom of Information Act and get that? Yes, you could. Yes, you could. So Chris's son, David, thinks that his dad did it? Yes. Okay. Where did you find that at online, out of curiosity? Uh, there's a couple couple interviews with him. He does okay. feel like his dad should be in the Hall of Fame, but and, and things that he had said kind of leaned me more. That, that, that helped me kind of get to where I was because what most of the last part of research I'd done was mm -hmm. CTE, um, was CTE research and, and what these guys kind of go through and stuff. I see. Uh, we do have somebody kind of helping us out and getting us some information to make sure our sound was good and stuff. And uh, he says he thinks the lawsuits regarding Nancy's pictures probably deterred any additional pictures to be released. They received competency 
uh, compensatory, but not punitive damages for that in 2009. Okay. So that, 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 that's a good point. But yeah. the difference here is this would fall under the Freedom of Information Act. And unless pictures inhibit an ongoing case, you have to put those out there if you have them. But th that is a very good point made by our backstage guy, uh, our roadie. We'll call him our roadie. Or all, our, our ring man, right? Because we're doing, you know, this is wrestling themed, you know. And uh, I think, okay, there, you're back with me. You missed my jokes, but that's totally fine. So <laughs> um, I hadn't said anything important. Uh, I named him Rody or Ringman, and he said he's prefer sexy manager. So our sexy manager I provided that fact. That was really good. <laughs> Did you hear the uh, comment that I made about the Freedom of Information Act, Justin, before you froze up there? You, you said that that it would still fall under Freedom of Information. But is... All right, considering the case concluded that he was the murderer, as far as they're concerned, they concluded that that, that would make him public. But do, does Daniel and Nancy's photos, are those still... Anything that they have... Well, not, that depends on how you word your Freedom of Information Act uh, request. Um, it's best to be, like, really specific... Because police departments are not going to just voluntarily, like if you wanted a report from this this incident, June twenty second, two thousand seven. Well, it was it actually wasn't discovered until what June twenty fifth, two thousand seven. Yeah. But let's say you wrote in and you're like, "Hi, my name's Justin through the Freedom of Information Act, uh, U.S. Code," and then give all the numbers and stuff. I request a copy. Uh, of a report from the Chris Benoit case, June 25th, 2007. That's vague. They may give you one piece of paper. How you need to word stuff is you need to put any and all reports in regards to list the date, list the location, list people involved, list the address. That way you get every single thing and they can't uh, keep any information from you. Does, does that kind of make sense to you? Yes. Okay. You, you've got to be very specific so that yes. you give them an opportunity yes. to hide. Now, the only reason that you can – now, let's say that they wanted to uh, – and this goes along with what Sexy Manager said. They wanted to protect the family even though they legally had to put these out. They may blur out the whole body. You might not be able to see anything. But you would still get something. It may be redacted. You would still get something. No one has even got redacted photos. That's a huge red flag to me right there. And if someone says these are too brutal, you can't put these out. I know it was a different time period. Look at the, the uh, uh, Sharon Tate case and, and all those Charles Manson victims. All those photos are out. You know, look at the uh, Kennedy autopsy photos. You can find those online. So, yeah. Um. What are you doing, playing word, words with friends on your well, phone? No, what I was looking at, there's a, a, a chapter 92.5 limited disclosure of crime scene thing in Georgia. And I'm curious if Georgia is different in it, its laws, you know, than, <clears throat> than because I, I know a Trump, I know a federal, because what you're saying is a federal law. Yeah, but that it applies to everybody, the Freedom of Information yeah. Act. <clears throat> so, now Georgia is different because I've had some... Cases that I've uh, investigated, and 
I had to deal with some officials in Georgia, and uh, depending on what's that. There's a lot of inbreeding there, too. So that. Now, we have a, yeah, uh, let's see. Sexy manager, as soon as the link. I'm going to click that. on that link really quick. Um, on it right now. You, you could share that, I believe. This, this may have been one that I've saw. Yeah, yeah. I've actually saw this one. So, um, and this is a, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and share this link with everybody in the chat here. So, um, but uh, let me go to the comments and throw this link out there. But there's no, I, I find it odd that there's, well, I'm not able to post that in the comments. Well, shit. Um, Can you see us right there? Yes, I see you. You and then your screen. So, okay. So that is, and, and does it show you the the web address up here? No. Okay. Uh, well, this is autopsyfiles dot org. Mm -hmm. Is where where this was found. This I was can sent to us. Copy and paste mm -hmm. it in my notepad and add it in the uh, description of the video. Okay. So. So that just let them. That's kind of a look at it, and I'll get rid of that now. Go ahead and right, do so that. Save that this. really quick. So that's the same one I saw. Um, I feel like the family is going to be just, and that's that. That's true. Now, if they're sealed, they would have to state. They would have to send you notification back, either electronic or mail. That you know they can't provide you that information because it's sealed. So, but they've not even See, done that even as far as, as as I found out. What's that, Justin? In regards to that, like I don't, I don't necessarily feel like that's a bad thing that they've not shared them. If no, no, I know. You know, so I, I can, I can see that, right. and you know, um, I think, I think that's probably a good idea that they didn't share them. Right. I, I do, however, with in regards to Chris, maybe like you said, if it was just blurred, if there is question. To, to the validity of, of where he was and his position, mm -hmm. that, that might be something. But the whole body blurred, just something for position. Right. Or a a reproduction, a animated illustration reproduced by law enforcement from the actual photo. Uh, that There would be laws on that. I don't know if you could do that or not. Because, I mean, but, you know, I, I don't think it's bad that they've not released it. I'm just saying that's yeah. a huge red flag that they've not. And they've not gave any explanation why. I think that's because you're so familiar with the process. See, for somebody yeah. like me, like that didn't surprise me. I was like, okay, well, you know, I was sure they wouldn't release that. But I could see now why, especially in a case like this, like why people, you know, uh, why, why there would be question and debate over those pictures. Because, you know, like you said, some of those discrepancies right down to what position he was found in would make a big difference. Yes. If you could, if you could see that, yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, police came. They they roped off everything. Uh, several officers on scene, which you know, when you have that many people on scene, unless you have a really good skilled supervisor, and they did not in this case, you're going to have sloppy police work. You're going to have people going over people. You know, this and that. Now. 5,600, you know, a little bit over 5,600 square foot house, huge house, big crime scene, plus all the area on the outside crime scene. Three days they were gone. 
um, Nancy's family had possession and was in the house. Hmm. The family uh, of Nancy called police back numerous times to collect evidence they had missed. One piece of evidence was a note found inside a Bible with personal belongings to Chris when they were like, you know, putting his stuff, when they were boxing the stuff up to ship to his dad. Now, his dad has claimed in interviews this was a suicide note that he found. That's not true. You know, I, I yeah. don't know. I've not saw a recorded video interview of his dad saying that. I have saw a written article that said his dad said that. And those have been problematic. We've okay. Been both According to the police file, that did not happen. It was found by Nancy Benoit's family uh, because the police missed it. Now, the note simply said, I'm preparing to leave this earth. People have took that as a suicide note when it was inside a Bible. Why was he not writing down a passage? Now, that was handwritten, the note, but they did also find in the history uh, on the computer pretty much the exact same passage. But that yeah. does not mean that's a suicide note. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing as far as like, and I never thought about that until you just said that. That is odd. Like, if, if that's the exact wording of it, that is odd because technically most people would say, by studying the Bible, you're preparing uh, for when you do leave this earth. But you did mention internet records and the stuff on uh, the resurrection of the, of, a, of the child and right. the Bible and stuff like that. That stuff. And then he was. Uh, a very agnostic, at least I wouldn't say atheist, but very agnostic before his friendship with Eddie Guerrero. Right. So if if the CTE started earlier, and I believe it did, and I, I believe that, you know, I, I've people talk about gun laws all the time. I think religious laws are, are just as important. That's why I firmly support separation of church and state. Religion can be a very dangerous thing. I agree. In, in, in the wrong hands, especially somebody that's not mentally there. So. That that's another thing that that search history and and his kind of his mentality mm -hmm. there that, that kind of pushed me to where I ended up going as well. Exactly. I mean, there's you know, and there was other cases where the police and this was in their police reports. They had to come back. They come back um, a second time and collected needles and steroids that were found inside a boot that was inside luggage that was in a closet. So that. That was in the report that they found needles on site. Yeah. Because, see, I had uh, everything that I had looked through because I had been told that they found yeah. them and that there were track marks on Daniel, which there weren't. There weren't. I, I I was, my understanding was, but it in, in this, it was always to support the opposite. It was always to support that it was a conspiracy. I had heard that no needles were ever found. So if needles were found, that explains a little bit to me. Like I can, I needles can were found. Needles were found. Um, I mean, we'll start with Daniel, where he was the first one that was discovered, okay? There was a knife under his bed. Now, there is no mention in the police report if it had fingerprints on it, none at all. Just a knife was under the bed, ordinary kitchen knife. And there, there's a crime scene photo that shows it literally. Yeah, under the bed. Under the edge of the bed, yeah. towards the head now, of the head. Now, if you stab somebody, that's a violent murder. If you do that to a child, that's a heinous murder. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be, and I know this is going to fit in with your 
uh, thought process of this case. You've got to be messed up in the head, okay? If you're, and I, I want you to think about this for a second. If you're that messed up in the head, why would you not go ahead and do it? Because I, to me, and, and, you know, because of what they think his method of, of murdering Daniel was, I, I think he just tried to find the easiest way, you know. To okay. And All right. I also think that maybe the knife was more for what he was planning to do after in the in the attempted resurrection of, of Daniel uh, and, and, and making him bleed and bloodletting him after he had died. Okay. Now, let's say, for instance, that... Chris Benoit could be innocent. Yeah. All right. Let's say this was done by people we don't know or a person we don't know. All right. And we have agreed that stabbing someone is a violent crime. If you're doing it to a child, it's a heinous crime. Mm -hmm. Now, if your brain is as messed up as the media reported from other cases in the past, you're not going to have a moment where you snap to your senses and drop the knife under the bed. You're going to go ahead and do it. If you're thinking, wait, 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 wait one second. If you've been hired to do some, uh, do a job or somebody's got you in a position where you have to do something you don't want to and they don't care how you do it, they just want it done. And you enter a room with a child, you see that child in bed. The child could have been asleep because it was on a Friday night. Okay. People will say he was murdered on Saturday. No, Friday night. We're saying Friday. For sake of argument right now, we're going to say Friday night. You walk into that room, that child's asleep. You see that child. You drop that knife. You come up with another plan. Yeah. That's somebody that is thinking because, that. because they couldn't do it because it was a child. So they come up with something else. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I, I think that's that. how the knife got there. To me, it, it, it explains to me this, if, if he did it, it it's – Basically, the same thing to me. He he sees that this is his son, and he just he can't do it because that's the problem with something like CTE. You may have split seconds of of clarity, but it's so in and out and so blurred that you know you you don't you, you don't like. I've got best way to put it um, because it's a private thing. Like I have, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you afterwards. And, and right. tell you guys, I, I have a, a an acquaintance that a um, lot of head trauma as a child right. a lot of head trauma in the military and then a lot of head trauma um that's kind of piled up and a lot of brain damage due to right. it you know and they lose days and they threaten people they love and they can't talk to you like if you look at the eddie guerrero tribute show and how chris just broke down this this person i love them dearly they're they're very close to me just a normal everyday conversation they can't have it without crying the whole time and and I see the erratic behavior, and I've seen aggression that was instant, and I've seen that aggression shift to the exact polar opposite mm -hmm. almost instantly to sorrow and regret and love. So it, it's it's just it's a rapid-fire thing. It is a quick, just quick as a hiccup, just change. Right. You know, and, and, and I'm, just, I'm just throwing this out there, and I'm asking you to have an open mind. If and from all the stuff that I read about his brain and all this, if it was as bad as they said it would, as they said it was, I think Daniel's body would they would have been viciously, heinously stabbed multiple, multiple times. I think well, now, 
You may have read something differently than me. His brain was definitely as bad as they said. One of the worst cases. Oh, yeah, ever. yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is I don't think he would have had that moment of clarity and, and, and snap too. I don't think Chris took the knife there. I think it's highly likely that someone else did. Well, I'd always thought that maybe it was Nancy and in defense of Daniel. That's a good, that that is a good point. Her and, and killed her first and then Daniel. That is a good point, but we'll get to that in just a minute, and I'll tell you why I don't think it is Nancy. Okay. Uh, now, um, just note that Daniel did have his pajamas on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, people that the police talked to did tell them that Chris and Nancy did have an argument over an insurance policy or trust fund that was set up in Canada where his ex-wife, Martina, was listed as the beneficiary, and the amount on that was $250,000. Nancy confronted Chris with this, and he said that that was for his kids in case something happened to him. Now, I did not dive in to look to see if they collected it, because I know in the United States, if you commit suicide, you cannot, you know, nobody collects off an insurance policy. I don't know what the laws are in Canada. I didn't look. I just think it's interesting that they did get in an argument over that, and several people outside the household knew it. Did you read that, Justin? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I hadn't. And you can get a policy that will pay out even in regards to... Can you? Um, to, to Suicide? Uh, suicide. Okay. But the premiums are extremely high. But again, you know, like with Canada, I don't know, because his daughter has never been public about any of this because he has a daughter from that first marriage, right. too. And she, she's never been... You know about it, but now I've heard three or four people in interviews, especially um, Nancy's sister. Like when Nancy's sister's one that come out and said, "Hey, you know, uh, Daniel doesn't have um, fragile X. She shouldn't have all this because she had custodial right of him in case of anything happened to them, which means medical records and stuff failed her." And mm-hmm. I've heard her say it, and and you know, I will say this: I've never seen any documentation of it, but they were divorced. They had had so many falling out so recently. They were divorced. Now, see, I and, never found that. I, I found that she filed for one, but that she dropped it uh, well, now, a year before these be, murders. It would be a, 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 a statement that got blurred, and that's what I'm okay. saying. I've never seen it officially. But now, her sister referenced mm-hmm. it a, a couple times, and I want to say that um, somebody had referenced it because they felt – Vicky Guerrero, because – she she felt maybe guilty, and I could be messing this up because I didn't write it down because it didn't seem like a big deal at the right. time. But maybe she felt guilty for helping them kind of patch things up and get back together because after Eddie after Eddie died, whatever something triggered in Chris. Like right. He was a different person publicly and privately after the death of Eddie Guerrero. Okay, now there's two things here I want to well, I, I will comment on what that, and then I want to make one thing and take a break really quick. Um, I hadn't read that. I had read, like I said, that she had filed for divorce and filed a protective order mm-hmm. and was granted all those things with custody of Daniel, but she dropped all of it, and that was a year before, you know, the murders happened. So I, I, I and, and I didn't read into it a whole lot because I was focused on, you know, the, the other stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say this, and we'll take a quick break. Now, this happened in June and February 2008. The sheriff's office released the final case report and said it was closed. 
that quick. Wow. That quick. So if if they come to a conclusion like that, the family really has no say anyway. Like, so even if the sa- the family disagrees with their findings, they would have to either they'd have to either take it, I guess, to court or do a, a private inquiry. They they wouldn't get any say, would they, on on when it's closed or when it's not? No, 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 they would not. Now this may not sound like a, a big deal, but it is. Okay. There was a sink full of dirty dishes. There was a sink full of dirty dishes that looked like they had been there a few days, a deputy noted. Um, There was also one single plate on the kitchen counter. In the trash, there was 10 beer cans found. Now, neither Nancy nor Chris had beer in their system at all. Yeah, but... By the time they were recovered and by the time toxicology was done, um, based on what the, the – and I've heard the guy mm-hmm. from HBO that does the show say this about other cases, but based on – and it could be inaccurately reported, but based on what they said out of Georgia, there you wouldn't detect the alcohol at that point. It would have been out of the system. Well, how, how, would it have been, how would it have been out of the system when your body's decomposing? I don't know, I, so. I, but I've heard that multiple places, and it doesn't make sense to okay. me, but not just about that case. I'd, I'd heard that. It, I'm not a medical examiner. I'm not a medical examiner, you know, and I could be wrong, but it looks to me like, you know, when you die, your body, you know, you'll have discharge from your mouth, discharge from your anus, you know, and sometimes your ears, other orifices, you know, and usually you'll take a Q-tip or you'll, uh, well, not, you'll, you'll take a swab, not a Q-tip, a swab, and you'll collect stuff like that, you know, to see if it, you know, belongs to that person. If it, you know, matches what's in their system, you, you know, especially in a high-profile case like this, you would do everything correct by the book, dot the I's, cross the T's. You would not cut corners anywhere. And well, already we it. cannot find that they've done it. They have cut corners. With, with it, the liver has to process it. Uh-huh. So I would have just thought it have to be in the liver because if they died before it was processed. So maybe I'm misunderstanding. Maybe they're putting a timeline that they really have no way of knowing and saying, oh, yeah, they drunk this prior to the incident. And there's no that's why it's not in the system, because it's maybe that's what they're meaning by it. Right. But if that is what they're meaning, how do they verify that timeline? Because they can't verify the timeline of the last day as well as well, they'd like. You- how could well, that's that's interesting. Really, that that makes their case look kind of shoddy, if that's what they're saying. Okay. I had I can't remember the case, but I had the and you know the the big famous um, uh, medical examiner guy that was on all the HBO shows stuff. I'd heard him mention that before too. And and, and again, it could be me getting it out of context. Right. I don't want to say that as though it's, but I have actually I, there's not been anywhere that's an official outlet that I've heard anything different. That's always been the narrative right. I've heard. Well, you know, and that, like, like I said, I'm not a medical examiner, but, I mean, the way with modern science is today, I mean, you can find out pretty much anything from, a, you know, with all of the tests and stuff that, that we've got. They can do last meal, you know. They can do last meal from stomach content. Yep. I would have to assume so, that there's enough chemical makeup there from To be able to alcohol, detect alcohol. Unless but, you're saying, hey, they, it's – you know, they drunk this way before they died, then how do you know mm-hmm. that? Okay. Now, people have stated that Nancy would never leave dirty dishes in the sink. Never. 
and her trash with all that stuff in it. Never. Yeah. Now, for some reason, this deputy thought that that was special to note that. Yeah. To not only take a picture, but to make a notation in his field note. To me, that tells me, I mean, you know, the deputy that done that, and it did not name him, in the, well, he did name him in the police report, but I didn't write it down. You know, good job to him, okay? Um, I'm going to say this before I, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll save that. Let me, I've got like six pages of notes here. Give me one second. Uh, <laughs> I've sitting went through this book and just, Page after page in the stupid Okay, room. I can come over this. All right. So here's some okay. So let's let before we go on to his, we'll go to, to the room where Nancy was found in. She was found in an office and over the garage room in this room uh was you know, stated that that's where she liked to watch TV at. It was an office that uh, you know, had a lot of wrestling uh, memorabilia. Uh, and from notes that was on the desk, it was believed to have been Chris Benoit's office. That's where her body was found at. Okay. Now, she had a uh, like an HDMI cord around her neck where she'd been strangled. She also had, and her body was covered uh, as well, but her feet were also bound with like black uh, athletic tape. Uh, and it matched up to what Chris had in his weight room. Now, Chris was a lot bigger than Nancy. Yeah. I'm going I'm keeping an open mind. And this is, you know, uh, just keep an open mind. He was a lot bigger than Nancy. Okay. He could control her really easy. All right. I find it strange that if a husband was gonna do this, he would bind her feet together. I just find that that's strange because normally in a, to make something look like a home invasion or a home invasion is when people are bound and, and gagged and so forth. And you would do that to a woman because, you know, Daniel's a child. Chris is a big muscular guy. She's a short little woman. She's probably going to be able to run fast. So if you were going to, if you were in this house to harm this family, it would make sense to tie her up, to bound her feet, to make sure she could not run away. Because if she runs away, she could spoil everything. Yeah. And it, it does kind of lend itself to that being a hostage and being being alive in that situation for for a while. Not not an instant death, not tied up and right. killed, being alive for a while like somebody's keeping you there. Exactly. So you know, I just find it strange with Chris so much bigger than her, so much stronger than her, why he would would bind her feet that way. Yeah. I just think that that's weird. Um, I wanted to point that out. So then let's go down to Chris Benoit. He was found in his gym room, in his gym, in his basement. Um, there was reports from deputies. Well, before we get to that, a fabric was found around his neck, which, pre which prevented from cutting his skin. We mentioned that in part one. Uh, and, then, and then the weight cable was around his neck. Why would you put fabric around your neck that wouldn't cut your skin? Why would you do um, that? I, I think with that, that comes down to more his experience, combat experience, and, and wrestling, especially with where he come from. Like, I understand wrestling's fake. Mm -hmm. 
it, it's it's a shoot. But the the ability of guys in that ring, you've got guys that are very capable at what they do. And I don't know his amateur wrestling background. He may not have had one. But he had become a, a very good tactician in the ring. Um, you'll see a lot of people <clears throat> that, like you'll see in these movies, they'll jerk out the little metal <clears throat> string and, and I forget what they're called and choke the guys with it because it's very effective. Right. It is. Um, but I think something that used to be taught, at least martial arts-wise, and become to be um, regarded as just poor information is that larger surface area allows for better so, you know, in that situation, the more surface area mm-hmm. you've got, and and, and th- then the better job it does. So, I- I think in in his mind, if he did that and it was him doing it, it was this will make it quicker. This okay. will guarantee it because, you know that that is, uh, you know, uh, it's inaccurate, but it right. is knowledge I'd heard passed around. I, you know, I've done martial arts most of my life, and I've heard that right. for years and years and years. Um, you know. And and it's not true. And it wasn't until later on as, as stuff becomes better known as if you start seeing these little you start seeing um um smaller devices used to cut people because you know the science is there. But right. that would be my only explanation. But if I'm saying that to defend why he done it. Then I have to look at, I'm saying this guy with CTE who is extremely unstable for whatever reason took the time to do this unless maybe he did know. Right. But I, 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 it doesn't add up from the point of view of, but th- that's that would be the only reason why I could think he done it. Now, if someone else was doing it to him, that really doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, like if, if someone else was doing it to him, if someone else was doing it to him, they would do it to well, let's say you figure out a wrestler lives here, he's got money. You're gonna want, you know, you've got three people. You know, you've got one for somebody watching the child, somebody watching the wife, you've got the husband down in the basement, you know. How could you you know, well, you have a gun, you have his family gone. He's gonna do everything you say to protect his family. So you've got him tied up like this, but you might have to go out in public with him to get your money or get whatever you want. So you wouldn't want him to look like he was beat out of hell. You know what I mean? Because that would draw uh, attention to you. And, you know, that you just you just wouldn't do that. Now, that's possible. It's also possible that Chris was vain and he didn't want to have any marks on his body when it was found. That's possible. Uh, I just think that that's weird that he had the protective fabric. It's, it is a really weird to me. And then it's the really harder cable. To explain. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It really is because there's not just a clear logical explanation for it. For me, if somebody's got it, they've never let it out. Right. Because that's something that a lot of people gloss over. And to be honest with you, I didn't think a whole lot about it at first. And then the more you hear, you're like, well, why? Like, especially if he did it himself, you know, unless he had this knowledge. But that that's a vague knowledge, and, that, and that's something that you know. Are you gonna think of that in in the moment? You know, right? And my God, with the method that he used, you know, once that pin was pulled from that machine and that two hundred fifty pounds dropped, it didn't matter what was around your neck as long as it didn't break, you were gonna break. Right. Um. Let's see. 
Now, and there was different different deputies on scene studied different things, uh, deputies, detectives, that, you know, Chris's body was hanging in the air. You said, you know, you heard that he was hanging, like, looked like he was standing, standing there. Some people say he was, you know, slumped over. Some people say he was sitting. All kinds of different reports from people that are on the scene in the police report. That contradicts itself. I think that that's very odd. Well, I have, <clears throat> I had an idea on that, and my first thing is if if what I heard was correct, it was two hundred and fifty pounds mm-hmm. that was used to break his neck. So my first thought was, okay, what's what's Chris's walking around weight? And about everywhere I look, it's like two thirty two or something like that, wasn't it? Two twenty to two thirty. So. If he had been, say, 260 to 270, then his body could have pulled down to a certain point and slumped over and raised that weight. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, if maybe uh, decomposition could add some weight. Because oh, yeah, definitely. Minimum definitely. weight. But it's still not going to get him to that 250 pounds. Now, I wonder what kind of – is that resistance? Is there something in that pulley system that helps – makes his 220, because it is a pulley, is it make his 220 equivalent to or greater than the 250? And if it does, then that would allow for him to slump down like some of them had said. And you right. know, he, once once the initial injury had occurred, he would slump down over time. The body would pull itself down. But regardless, why is there not a consistent story of the positioning of his body? Right. Because like said you have all these people on site and you have crime scene photos you have all this documentation why wasn't that at least tidied up or addressed and went okay i said this and it's because of this and it's because i seen him through a mirror or it's because like it's never addressed that part never made sense to me no. why they could not verify and now you're telling me that it's different in the police report which makes it even worse like, now can verify as, yeah well as, as far as the white stuff and I didn't get that far into this dive, but I did read two different things online, and I was not able to verify these. One of them stated that uh, he was 233, like 233 and a half, and he added, I, I guess with the with the pulley and, you know, pin, pin and putting the weight in, he added six six more pounds, which is what he hung himself on. There was another one that said there was two 40-pound weights, um, I guess like right beneath his hands, like his hands had opened up and he dropped them. That you know he had two forty pound weights in each hand and dropped them, and then that's what took him up. But I didn't get that far, you know, into you know just due to time, you know, because of so forth. But that that is a question that, as far as I looked in the police report, I did not have an answer to. Um, now there are some things. And this was an article online that I found, and I cross-referenced, and I had where I found it that wrote down, but I don't have that with me. But I cross-referenced this to stuff in the police file. Um, and it's, you know, it starts out, and it just says, why Chris Benoit may be innocent. The police cannot find the needles to say, they say Chris used to inject himself with a sedative Shortly before he died. And we talked about that a little bit in part one. They've never been able to find that. They've never found his cell phone. Uh, 
You know, then we already talked about the white machine and the way his body was found. Yeah. Now, this is in the police report. The medical examiner says that Chris Benoit died on Saturday. The text messages were sent on Sunday. Chris was already dead, so who sent the text messages? Chris's cell phone has never been found. And when police tried to get the data from Verizon, there was told there was some kind of outage and they had storage problems and they were not to recover anything. Yeah. Uh, no steroids were found in Chris's body. They were found in the house, but none in his body. Uh, let's see. Chris sent uh, Chavo Guerrero a text telling him his address. Why would he need to? Why would he need to tell him his address when he'd been there the weekend before? Well, I, now I wonder though. Like, is that the only time he'd ever been there? Because if it had, one, they live in different states, mm -hmm. and yeah, you would have to send me. You'd have to send me the address. Okay. Or, or if he was expecting him to call the police, Chavo's not going to know his address off the top of his head. Okay. So if Chavo, if he, if he's saying, you know, if he's expecting to maybe say, hey, or hinting, hey, I need help, or hey, you know, I'm about to do something bad, then yeah, you got to put it in there because, like, um, I've got a hundreds of people who know where I live, but they can't tell you my physical address. So if they're calling, you know, you know, and we live in the country, you can say, well, you know, you go such and such holler, this and that. That's one thing. But in an area like that, and with somebody that's not from his area, you'd have to give them, you'd have to give them an address. Okay. Now, um, let's see. What was the next one? Okay. That, yeah, uh, the, according to the autopsy, Chris's body was badly decomposed, the same, about the same as Nancy's. This shows he would have died sooner than Sunday. Um, why would he tie Nancy up to kill her? Why would he not hit her just one good time and she would have been out? You know, that was a question that was asked and, you know, so forth. And the, are you froze? And Justin's froze. Okay. So uh, we'll wait on Justin to hopefully his internet will pick back up. Uh, we're a little bit over an hour into this. I mean, this is just, we're close to the end, but it's going to be uh, a lot of discussion uh, before we get there. A lot of discussion. So, um, and uh, we lost Justin. He'll be back here in just a moment. Uh, but we're talking about the Chris Benoit murders. And, again, this case was just, there was so much that was reported that came out years later. This wasn't true. You got that wrong. You know, the uh, child was not mentally handicapped. He was not, you know, a little person. Uh, he was normal. He was doing good in school. He loved horses. He was really skilled on a horse. Uh, you know, that was some of the things that Daniel liked to do in his spare time and was really good at. Um, so, you know, and Justin's back with us. We're adding him back here. Oh, you're totally fine, brother. What was the last thing that you heard before you froze up there? Um, we, we were discussing um, uh, them not finding uh, the phone and that stuff. Okay. 
Uh, and then we got into the autopsy. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember. Something that the medical examiner. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I stated this earlier, but this stated again, and I asked, you know, that Chris's bodily, uh, the medical examiner said, Chris's body was badly decomposed, about the same as Nancy's. This showed he died sooner than Sunday. Um, okay, now this is one that I want you to comment on first. You said that in, I think it was in the part one, you said you heard on Fox News first report that what? Do you remember what you said? He, was, he shot him. Okay, all right. Now, this was, uh, like I said, this was from the article, you know, this stuff here that I cross-referenced and verified. Um, I wasn't able to verify this particular piece of information in the actual police report, but I've got something else that I think does back it up. And it says, the world news is reporting the manner of deaths wrong. He says that Daniel was shot in the head and Nancy was shot in the chest. And uh, that would explain why pictures have not been put out to the public 16 years later. Because people would pick up on that. They would know that that's a lie. But, but why, why would they hide the fact that they'd been shot? I don't... Okay. I will get to that. Uh, let's see. Chavo said that Benoit... Now, now, you have to look at Fox News. Mm -hmm. Fox News has taken credit for well, that. Okay. Now, they weren't using a reliable source on any of their information. Okay. Now, this is world news. This is not just Fox. This is listed as world news, world news reporting, which would be more than one station, well, one one outlet. They jumped on that because they will do that. You know, you've had CNN do false reports, and then Fox will jump right on and, and file, mm -hmm. file the same false report. And then there was one time here in the last couple of years that they actually blamed it. Said, "Well, we got this from news being reported by CNN." Right. Uh, but now I'm not saying it's not possible. But now, I, yeah, I hadn't seen. Anything other than the Fox okay. that they thought they were shot. Well, I want the questions that you asked to be answered in just a few moments before the episode ends. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm really, I was really into this case, you know. Um, yeah. Let's see. Chavo Guerrero has stated in interviews and in print that Chris seemed worried uh, worried about something weeks before you know all this happened, but he never would tell him what it was. Um. Again, there were 10 empty beer cans uh, oh, and an empty bottle of wine uh, beside Chris's Chris. body. Chris. Yeah. He tested negative for the alcohol. Okay, so that's my bad. Yeah. The empty beer cans were in, you know, in and around the Chris, test. but he was he, there was no alcohol in his system. Um, give me one second here. The uh, Okay, so I've still got some more. Um Nancy's Benoit's death was posted on the internet 14 hours before her body was found. That's a question that you asked earlier. Well, on, on Wiki. Uh -huh. But actually, it had kind of made it online before that. Okay. It was on a WWF chat room before that. Somebody had come on and said uh -huh. uh, something to the effect of, 
he had she had died. They may have even said he murdered him, but I'm not I'm not 100 sure of that. No, now, the the murder thing was not there. Just that yeah, she had died. So that popped up on a uh, on a on a uh, a chat room about the live event right. that Chris really had nothing to do with this kid mm-hmm. in Stanford. Now that's what made it really confusing for people because with Wiki you could look and then they found out it did come from Stanford, which, which is, is really close. WWE, yeah. Uh, you know, and they went. They found the kid. They got mm-hmm. his computer. The Stanford police did, and they forensically went inside of his computer. And you know what he's. You know, he didn't say, "Hey, Chris Benoit murdered his wife and son." He just put that Chris Benoit had uh, his wife had passed away. Yeah, is what he had put. And, and he, he claims, he, yeah, he was a kid, teenager, totally cooperative. He claims he just, you know, just get, just made it up. So you know that that uh, explains that. Um, it's been noted in, you know, video, uh, in, sorry, publication format that Chris, his colleagues have stated he started taking different routes home from work. He was acting strange. Um, you know, he wasn't his normal self. Uh, let's see. The location of Nancy's body kept changing. First, it was on the first floor. The downstairs family room, then it was up in the upstairs bedroom, and then she was found in the office, in the house office. Um, let me just glance back over these really quick to make sure I covered them all because there's a lot of them. Yeah, I think I did. So now, after that, that's the facts. A lot of the a lot of the facts that are in the the police report and some other. You know, things that I think are could be credible online. Now, I'm going to go back really quick to, uh, let's see. Yeah, go back to this one page just to go over some stuff. Do you have anything to add, Justin, while, we're, while I'm digging up the rest of my stuff here? Well, the, the big thing, like a lot of people, and it got me into it, was this, like I said, this phone call that Chavo had with Eddie, and he heard intruders, and that was reported on WWE Magazine. WWE had a gag order on on, on Benoit's name at that time. You couldn't have even talked about it. In that. There's, that interview doesn't exist online, in print. Nobody can find it. Chavo's never mentioned it, doesn't admit to saying it. So that was clearly one of the fakest parts of, of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that was a big one. And then um, Nancy's sister, you know, kind of, because it was pushed so hard that Daniel was handicapped, and 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 he wasn't. No, and not you mentioned at all. The, the paranoia. Uh, you know, there was a lot of reference to that from the time Eddie died all the way up until Chris died of him being really paranoid. And I've seen that behavior in somebody that uh, you know I can only right. assume because he's not died and they've not opened up his brain has CTE. And I've seen that paranoia, and and I understand like. I could see that if that's the case, if it is CTE, him having that paranoia. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people do think that that was, you know, that that he did do that, okay? Um, so I'm going to state these things really quick and then get to some, some other uh, possible uh, things in this case. Um, and I'm just throwing these out in any random order. First, I want to note that the medical examiner, Chris Perry, resigned on November 1st, 2015. He had a side business going, and he was illegally billing the state for time that he was doing private work for people. His colleagues have also stated that he 
sometimes would just assume stuff and not really do the research or the correct results as to what he stated happened. Other pathologists have called him uh, an idiot. And a well, one of them actually said he was a bumbling idiot and he was unprofessional. Um, he twice publicly uh, contradicted his own deputy's opinions in front of people. So this came out on him and he resigned. Um, so the medical examiner may not have been on the up and up there. Uh, yeah, he's had issues, like you said, with other cases. And yes. Stuff. I don't think he was very good at his job. No, no, he was not. Um, okay, so the next-door neighbor, Holly, that let everyone in. Give me one second to make sure I didn't miss anything. No, I have not missed anything. Okay. So the next-door neighbor, Holly, that wrote a statement, handwritten, it was not signed, was not dated by the sheriff's office. She helped them. She put the dogs up. She actually was the one that found Daniel, told them how to get there. She has said numerous, numerous times that she encountered WWE wrestler Dave Taylor and his wife Lisa and some other unknown person that they did not live in a neighborhood. They were carrying a plate of food a platter, a deli platter, toward the Benoit house. The police claim they, she never told them that. They have no record of this. Um, Taylor was asked about this, and he said that he was in Texas on the WWE tour, which has been backed up by Stephen Regal. Uh, when asked why he was on the tour, even though he wasn't booked, he said so he could serve as a substitute if needed and draw on his advance of his guaranteed money. This has been rebuted by various wrestlers who have worked for the WWE and WCW who have said that the WWE don't do guaranteed money. Do not do that. And there's no record of this. Okay. Um, That's odd that you say that because one of the things in it that I found out was the way Regal acted during his interview. Yes. And and that's what I was going to mention next, the way that Regal acted in his interview. And basically all he said was Chris was a great performer, you know, and I'm paraphrasing um, stuff like that is basically all he said. Um, Now, the neighbor said that she saw that on a Friday. She saw that on a Friday. Them going See, with I the never, sandwiches. I only ever heard that she saw it on Sunday. Oh, no, no. Um, and I told you earlier that she sent him on Sunday. No, she sent him on, she sent him the next day as well. Okay. Um, uh, give me, give me one second. This is just, I mean, and this, this, all this that I've explained, this is what I jotted down. This is what changed my mind. Okay. So she asserts that she told them that. She told them that. They say no, that she did not. Um, she stated that she saw the same three people. Um, let's see. They came with food on Friday. They left the house on Saturday. They were wearing dark clothing. And they seemed to be really out of place, like they shouldn't have been there. 
They didn't seem the same as they was leaving as they did arriving, more or less. Okay, so she did. It was on the Saturday that, that she recognized Dave um, Taylor. Uh, Chris also had a handprint on the back of his neck. No one's ever mentioned that. That's that's that that is true. He 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 did. There was one fingerprint, or there was one set of prints that was also found, but they were never scanned to find out whose they were. Uh, okay, now this is from uh, other detectives that were on the scene. Now this, what I'm getting ready to say, was posted on Reddit. Now I know you're going to say, yeah, that's Reddit. That's like Wikipedia, you can't believe it. That's true, but I want to point out that Reddit has had success a few times in solving un, uh, uh, what un, un unclosed uh, old old uh, code cases. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Okay, now what I'm about to say makes me think that it, just the way that it's typed out that it is legit. That it was put there by someone that was probably at the scene, work helping work the scene. Um. And it says that uh, detectives on scene thought this was a murder, strictly a murder, but the lead detective wrote it off and told his men it was a murder-suicide the same exact, same exact day with less than 24 hours. This was done by this lead detective to save him time. Time. Now, the key word there says scene. He said others on scene. I know, would you say on scene if, if you were typing something on Reddit? Probably not because okay. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't reference it because that almost makes you feel like you're saying it like you're there. Exactly. Who would, who would put on, who would use the word scene when writing something, typing something out? A, a, law, a, a law enforcement. Exactly. And that's what he put, or that, that's what someone put. <laughs> And so you ask why someone would just rule it, you know, that, that he done this. Okay, and I told you I'd answer that question for you. It could be that the lead detective was lazy. We actually know that because you can look at the case report at all the stuff that I pointed out that you don't do that was contradicts itself. If he was a lead detective, it would have been his job to review all that before he put it out to the public. If he did, he's shitty at his job. So we know that we know that he's lazy. Okay, you have the medical examiner, don't have a good reputation. You have the witness that states without the shadow of a doubt, she saw, you know, Dave Taylor, his wife Lisa, and someone else go there with Friday, uh, go there on Friday evening with a tray of deli sandwiches, leave the next day on Saturday, and that they acted different. Yeah. What did Chris Benoit text to Chavo Guerrero while he was missing the uh, event the first time? The first email? Mm -hmm. you know, I, I first text. And then right. The first text was or the, uh, the dogs are in the side yard or whatever and the address, wasn't it? Well, wasn't there at one point that he said that uh, Nancy and uh, Daniel were sick with food poisoning? Okay. Yes. Do you remember I pointed out 
all the dirty dishes in the sink. In the picture, mm-hmm. there's more dirty dishes than what three people would make. Mm-hmm. Guess how many dirty dishes are there? Enough for five, six people. Uh, let's see, six people. That's exactly. There's five in the five in the sink, one on the counter. So, why? I'm just going to point something out here. Okay, Dave Taylor worked for the WWE prior. To you know, when he when he got his push, he was a trainer in Ohio Valley, and he worked there for a little while and quit because he did not want to relocate to Cincinnati. In January of 2006, he started working for the WWE again. Now, this was less than 60 days after Eddie Guerrero passed away in November of 2005. Now, when he started working again in ring. For WWE, he got a huge push in March of 2006 that he never got before. Now, he got injured, and he stayed on the payroll until April 2008. If you're guaranteed or promised a job, that may give you motive. I'm just saying what if, you know. The fact is, according to the autopsy, Chris Benoit died on Saturday, or whatever happened, you know, died on Saturday. How was he sending text messages on Sunday? He wasn't. The answer's clear. He wasn't. He was not. Why could they never find the phone? Because the people that were seen leaving took it with them. They were sending the text messages on that Sunday. Possibly. The the phone thing. Yeah, the phone thing throws me for a loop. You're going to find a phone. I mean, you will find. Yeah, they missed yeah. stuff, but the phone would have been found. I mean, it, it, the phone would have been found. The only way you don't find it is if he leaves the house, takes the phone with him, gets rid of it somewhere, and then comes back. Right. And there's no evidence that he ever left that house after that week. Right. Now, if you think that, uh, you know, oh, that's po- that never happened. That's impossible. You know, that's like organized crime. Look up the Dino Bravo murder and read a little bit about it. Then come back and look at this and, and, and make your decision. Me personally, based on the police report, even though it's shoddy at best, but cross-referencing it with stuff, and based on the photos, based on the uh, sedatives that was found, the missing cell phone, the plates, all that. I think this case needs to be reopened and looked at again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would I, I mean if 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 there's still enough for them to do something with. Either way, I'd like to, you know, I Well, I mean, honestly, the only thing that you would have is if there was any of the physical evidence that was kept last time, I mean, that would be the only way. I mean, probably, in, in all likelihood, you would have the police report and the autopsy report and any photos or videos or statements. That would be the only thing you would have to go on. So, Yeah, I, I think... I, you know, I think it's possible he did not do this. The, the only... I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, it, to me, it all fits perfect that he did. The, the only... The only issues, and I've got it down, the few interesting things that, that got me 
Dave Taylor at the house, Regal's reaction, and the phone. Mm-hmm. And and those those three things, there I, I don't see any motive for WWE. I, I don't. Well, really no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's WWE, but look at the time. Oh, okay. I forgot to mention what I mentioned. Um, who was on the on the board of the WWE on WWE? He made rules. Kevin Sullivan. Well, see, I don't. I don't see any issue for for Sullivan. The day like, that I, I, you, I, I you, don't see. You do so realize that all this took place too, ten years after Kevin and Nancy's uh, divorce, right? That that was so loose on that date, and like I, I somebody done a pretty good breakdown of the timeline, and they put that on there. So if they're accurate, that was pretty loose. That was, but I mean Sullivan pushed him after. There was no nobody comes out and says, well Sullivan had issues with him after that happened. Mm-hmm. They interviewed Sullivan after it happened mm-hmm. because oh. Sullivan booked his own divorce. I'm, I'm pushed him. Sullivan made him champion mm-hmm. after that. I, yes, he did. I don't see, and then I've seen interviews with Sullivan talking about it. Like nothing about Sullivan makes me think. Like Sullivan got Sullivan even threatened him as well. What some, better some way people, to cover your ass and making somebody champion? I didn't do it. I made him champion. But then wait ten years to do it. Like I. I so Sullivan would be last on my, if, if if he okay. was murdered. Yeah, Sullivan but you know, I, and I'm not saying it's him. I'm just throwing out other possibilities, other other yeah. suspects. You know, I'm not saying the WWE hired him to do it. I think Dave Taylor's full of shit. I think that uh, has he ever addressed it? Like has he ever talked about it at all? Like he, I didn't. Yeah, see he it. he he said that it was not true. And then Stephen Stephen Regal, you know, back back for him. Said he was in Texas. Well, I see the guaranteed money thing. You know that was that was why uh, that was why a lot of wrestlers went to WCW. That's why Nash Hall and Hogan all went. Uh, guaranteed money mm-hmm. up front, more days off, and favored nation clauses in their contracts. So, you know, uh, I that, think that this case make sense for him to say he was promised money, unless now I was under the impression he was a, 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 a an agent at that time. So no. as an agent, maybe he should be there. But he was definitely still wrestling at that time because I know Regal was doing both. Regal yeah. was an agent and a wrestler at the time. Right. No, Dave. Dave was just a wrestler, and uh, you know, like a trainer, trainer wrestler. But uh, you know, I think that this deserved to be looked at again. I think it could be very possible that Chris Benoit did not do this. Who could? I mean. Outside of the police wanting to open that, there's not very little hope of that, though, is there? No, no. They, they would have they would have to open it themselves. Families are satisfied. Yeah, the families are satisfied, you know. Um, the missing cell phone, that's the biggest thing to me, you know. Well, now, see, that's something that it doesn't make sense. Like, it really does Unless they're as inept as we think they are, and it was there, like you said, a 6,000-square-foot house, and it was there. Now, the, you talked about the the time of death and the text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anywhere, like, my understanding from what I've seen, and, and that was because I don't understand that end of it as well, but listening to the guy from from the HBO shows and then looking at what they actually said was time of death and then when the time, the time that these were sent, because these were sent technically Sunday. They were sent after midnight Saturday. Right. They were sent very early in the morning. Scott Armstrong and Chavo got them. Right. But for the window that 
the coroner gives for him to die closer to when Nancy died based on the decomposition of their bodies. Yeah, he he definitely could have given them. Oh yeah, he definitely could have sent the messages and still died within that within that time frame. Well, but then then the, the, the hit or miss area there. My understanding was midnight of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, to okay. Five or six if that was the case, Sunday. why would it, what happened to the cell phone? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. The, the cell phone is the issue. Right. I mean, right. if he sent the text, he he had time in the time frame to send the text, based on what I seen. Right. Uh. But, but now the the actual cell phone itself and it being disappeared that. I can't explain. Now, you may say, and I've seen people online saying, well, he hid it. He buried it. No, he, no, you know, because. Oh, why, why would he? What? The, you're not hiding evidence on a suicide. No. Like, the the, the pool has been filled in. Uh, there's no longer a pool there if you look at aerial photos. The family that bought the house, I mean, and they got a, uh, I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that off there. What was that? I'd say they got a good deal. Well, I mean, they got it for less than $250,000. Wow. So uh, they done some work and remodeled the house. So when you're pulling all this stuff, if something was hid, you would have um, you would have found something. You know, well, that's me. I there's been if it's there, they would have found it exactly. And you know, even though they lacked evidence, there was people after the fact. You know, her family went through that place with a fine tooth comb because when they found one piece of evidence, they kept looking on purpose to find more. If there was something else they missed. That's what you're supposed to do in law enforcement, you know. If I'm patting you down and I find one gun, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to take and put that away and pat you down again because if I find one, there could be another one. I'm not going to quit until I find nothing, you know. Yeah. So, And that's what her family did. You're not going to kill yourself and then, you know, hide the phone. I mean, that, just, that doesn't make sense. It, no, uh, I mean, you know, and if the lady Holly – who I'm sure embarrasses the deputies to death. The criticism they've got or should have got to let her go in by herself, the neighbor. You know, why would they not put that in a report? Because the lead detective said, this is what happened. This is what we're going to put down. This is what happened. Yeah. Why did you not? Make it as clean cut as it can be and get it over with. Exactly. Saves time. And the report was out, you know, um, what, five months later. So, case closed. So, I mean, you should, if you have an unsolved murder, I mean, in our state, I think you have to keep it open at least a year, you know, a minimum of a year, you know. But, I mean, yeah, murder-suicide, different, but, you know, save time. And that's obvious that the guy in charge wanted to do that just by looking at the the ramblings and the idiotic police report. So, I mean, this case was fascinating uh, like I said, I drank the Kool-Aid before and kind of bought everything that the media told me. But uh, see, I went the opposite. I, I in the beginning, I believed wholeheartedly it was a conspiracy because of what I seen on the media was saying it looked mm-hmm. like a conspiracy. So I, I, the the input I was getting was the opposite. Well, but I, then then the media came back. Been, it's only been a couple like. Not, not even really that it was a conspiracy. Right. Just that, you know that it, it was wasn't definitive. Right. But no. now, see that to me, I got the opposite 
And and it it really is that's that's the scary thing about the world today. It's a matter of where you find your information. Yep. At the end of this, I came out with a conclusive. Like to me, I didn't see, like I said, Dave Taylor, the phone, and Regal. That's the only things that are mildly suspicious. But you know, look at Kennedy. I have n- never really completely been able to doubt Kennedy being a conspiracy to kill him. Right. Because there's motive, there's evidence, and there's what appears to be cover-up, and there's tons of things linking. Now, something that, you know, you, you got, I've, you've, you've had people on talk about on your show and something that you know. That's your show, too. So. Well, yeah, on, you know, before I came. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. But before, <laughs> see the first time I could. But it, it is flat earth. And not that, okay, could flat earth be real? No, I don't believe that it could be, and I do believe in science. But here's the thing, talking about their, one of their biggest things is I need a motive from them. Their motive is NASA doesn't want you to know the truth. Okay, right. I need NASA to need a motive. Right. I need someone to have a motive to kill Chris Benoit. And I don't think... Sullivan getting out of a marriage. No, and I'm and, not. And Sullivan doesn't have mm-hmm. a bad reputation. Like mm-hmm. it, that's something that was different to me. Like he's been called crazy, and he's been called this, this, and this, and difficult. But he has a pretty respectable uh, reputation in right. wrestling to always do the right thing, even when personally it hurt him. Yeah, Sullivan in WCW at the time Hogan first came there, booked himself towards the top a little bit. But Sullivan wasn't throwing a belt on himself. He wasn't. He wasn't giving himself guaranteed money, favorations, right. clauses. He wasn't doing any of that with himself at WCW, and he made a lot of push for Benoit. And a lot of guys have said he didn't want Benoit to leave. Right when he left, you know, he was the guy that booked the Benoit dropping the belt. I think it was Nash. Right, which is believable. Nash was a big a big guy. So I just don't see a motive for anybody there. Whereas, to me, what the family thinks happened and, and what, when I looked into it, everyone else that I seen, you know, like, that we talked about thought happened, made sense to me. And I think the one of those three things that I had a hard time explaining, the one of them that I can put some common sense to for me is Regal. Mm-hmm. Think Regal knew. Think Regal knew the, the level of dysfunction in that relationship. And I think Regal realized they're all three dead and at the house, he's probably done it. I think Regal realized that. But everything I said means nothing if they can't justifiably give a good explanation for where the phone is. I don't think that the police did a thorough job. I don't think on, that. I, don't think they did um, I think there was a lot of questions left unanswered. But I still think there's a lot of questions left unanswered. Um, I think that, like I said, and I already said it, you know, this case needs to have a second look. It, it needs to be looked at again. You know, it's a combi- it could be a combination of the lead detective and the, and the autopsy guy. Both being lazy, both being dumbasses, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that WWE or Kevin Sullivan or somebody hired. I just wanted to give you another possibility. Now, well, I, I think I think you did, and like I said, you keep bringing me back to the one thing I can't explain, no matter what I do, you know. And and that one, it's a big element. It's a big element, and 
I, I know a case that, that I may mention to you, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think any viewers would be super familiar with it, but you may, you may have heard something about it. I mean, I'd rather mention it off air, Okay. but there's a suicide case that was just automatically deemed a suicide. I never looked into that. I've always had serious question about, but I understand there was no reason for them to do any type of investigation into it. Right. And that, you know, so maybe this is one of those situations, like you said, this lazy cop, because it's been pretty clear, not good at keeping records and they're not real good at their job. And you've got a doofus of a medical examiner that'll probably take bribes and do whatever you yeah. want because he's yeah. already cheated for money. You just go in and go, look, we can make this hard for us. Or we can make this easy for us. Yep. Here's this sport rich wrestler who, uh, you know, was a problem anyway. They may have even been called out on domestics before. He's killed them. They have been. They, they, they have been. And she oh, actually you know. went through their department to file the file the uh, protective order and so forth. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's it's like you said. Here's this guy that's not good at his job and don't want to do his job. Right. You know, he's not. He's going to do uh, it. His job is a nuisance to him. He just needs a paycheck and he wants it easy. So let's not look into this. And I think you're right. I think, I think the police report. And what happened with the medical examiner should warrant a reinvestigation. Well, you know, because if nothing else, it'll set a precedent. Because there are, say they research, they go back into it and they find out exactly the same thing. That's fine. Yeah, but I do yeah. believe there'll be cases where the medical examiner messed up or the police didn't do their job. That if you had a precedent set to where you could go and go, but what about this case? What about the Benoit case? They reopened it due to this. That gives us the right to have it reopened. I'd have a lot of innocent people be let back out of jail yeah. and a lot of murderers found if, if that become a possibility. Because well, you, you proved inconsistencies in that police report. Thank so you. that should be enough um, for them to reopen an investigation. Thank you. Well, my, my gut says to me, and going you know back over again, you have the knife under Daniel's bed. Um, as I stated earlier, I and if Chris's mind was as gone as it was, you know, they said it was, I don't think he would have had a moment of clarity. You know, I think Daniel, poor Daniel would have been stabbed to death. That's a big red flag, that knife. Okay. Nancy's feet being bound. That's a big red flag. Uh, the handprint or that bruised handprint on the back of Chris's neck, big red flag. Thing around his neck before the actual cable, big red flag. You know, a sedative in his system, the same sedative that was in Nancy's system. You know, if you're going to kill yourself, you're not you're not going to do that. You know, the wine and that and the alcohol bottles, huge big red flags. The sink full of dirty dishes that people have stated Nancy that was not her. She would never ever do that. Huge red flags. Yeah. Um, there's just so many red flags. You know, and again, I gave you a scenario earlier. What if there were three people? Okay. There was one in Daniel's room watching him, one in Nancy's with Nancy watching her, and then somebody the main man was in with was in with Chris. Okay, and then you have the neighbor that asserts she saw three people Friday evening, plate of sandwiches, or tray of deli sandwiches. Chris calls, you know, or text or whatever. They've got, you know, they've had food poisoning, you know. And then the next day they leave, you know. I mean this is kind of like the strangers and the movie The Strangers in real life, you know. Yeah, except Liv Tyler's not there and it doesn't suck. Yep. So well, but you know, and you make a good point. You've got the sedative in the system. But Dave Tyler's a big dude. 
this has been Wild's family. And if he doesn't want you, like he's going to fight to the death over mm-hmm. his family. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you are going to have to sedate him. But, and and you're you're going to have point, to separate him from his family, too, to keep him under control, yeah. you know. And, and at that point, maybe it makes sense. Okay, so, and it does. So they've fed him a meal. They've sedated him. And then, like you said, they tie up Nancy. Don't really have to do anything with Nancy. No. Because he's small and, uh, you, you know, an, an, an adult female. Could, what's he, seven, I think? Yeah, could he was seven years old. But could handle this child. He's locked the door, keep him in his room. Yeah. You know, the worst thing to do is fight, but he's probably not going to fight. He's probably scared to death. So, you know, if something like that did happen, your scenario makes the most sense. Well, you know, and then even. Have to sedate them first. And it would explain why this needle issue come up. Maybe they weren't injected. Maybe it was in the food. Maybe it was in the alcohol. And if it was given to them on Friday night and it wasn't a ton of alcohol and it was given to them in the alcohol on Friday night, then it would be out of their system possibly by Saturday if it's not a ton of alcohol. That's very possible. Well, uh, I guess we're going to wrap it up and uh, we'll be back next week with a uh, live stream, uh, a live recorded stream. And uh, audio podcast. And the following week, we'll be back live in the studio, 9.30 a.m. Right here on Here to Chew Bubblegum, part uh, 2.0. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we close it out there, Justin? This was fun. I, 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 I love doing this. I mean, this was fun. You know, it, really, it really was. Same, same. I, I love doing it. Whoever had this idea had a great idea. So and They did. Uh, and listen... If you're listening to us and you you were in it, there's tons of information. Get in and this is one of those rabbit holes that are worth going. Oh, down. definitely. Like it, it's odds, and there, there seems to be a fairly good amount of documentation with it. Oh, definitely, a whole lot. But uh, that, that'll do it for this week. I want everyone to remember: we all have a voice, and together we can change the world. Don't suck and be good. Bubblegum 2.0. Be sure to tune in next week.